0: All right, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carverhall, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, we're coming to you after the week of weekend, rather of Bellator 238. We got a new uh, cyborg picked herself up a new belt. Uh, our past guest, Anthony Taylor, won his fight. Congratulations to Anthony. I know Matt was in house for that. How you doing, Matt?
1: doing all right. Uh that was fun. Uh news of
0: Kobe Bryant passing on Sunday kind of uh for yeah. the weekend
1: off kind of put me in a daze for the last day and a half. Um, I think
0: that's that's everybody, but uh we'll we'll get into that in a second. Uh we have Daniel Zaldivar returning. Uh he's got a little bit of time to to talk with some boxing with us before he hits the road. So how you doing Daniel? Welcome back.
2: Thanks again, guys. Happy to be back. Thanks uh, for inviting me on again.
0: I know a uh, rough time for you guys on the West Coast uh, with the passing of Kobe Bryant. Everybody's been kind of out of it all week. Uh, Super Bowl coming up this weekend, and there's no, there's really no MMA fights going on that that uh, of note. So, uh, I mean, you you've been busy, Danny. Uh, we've been meaning to have you on. I know Wilder Fury's coming, uh, probably the biggest boxing event coming up soon. But um, you just had uh, Andy Foster on on your most recent episode of the podcast. I listened to that today. And I know uh, as far as regulator- regulating combat sports, um, that's uh, that's probably gonna garner you a lot of attention. I, I actually just listened to it. I know Matt has uh, interest in uh, in how the athletic commissions handle things out, out on the west Coast. so uh, uh, on your podcast, the last round, uh, can you just talk to us about uh, how that went and what you guys covered?
2: Yeah, sure. so. We've been trying to get uh, Mr. Foster, um, the executive officer of the California State Athletic Commission on for like the last month or so. Um, we had him scheduled about twice before, um, but one of the days was actually his birthday and he was uh, he was OK to come on. But like I had told my partner, um, Mike, I was like, oh, you know what? Let's just reschedule him for that day. because It's his birthday. I don't want him to cancel on this like an hour before. And then, like, the first time, he just had to reschedule. Um, so, luckily, we were able to get him um, yesterday, this past Monday. He was able to jump on. Um, and like you said, he's a big figure in the fight game. Um, not just the, the, the world of boxing, but also MMA. He has to, he has to sanction uh, any fight that's in California. Um, you know. And, and like you said, my show is a boxing show. And, of course, your guys is primarily MMA. Um, but you know, if any of your listeners any of your guys' fans, um, you know, go to my podcast, uh, the last round and want to listen to his interview, his interview is very, it's very general. He talks about weight cutting. He talks about drug testing. Um, I even asked him about the John Jones situation. Uh, I think when the fight was moved to Inglewood, um, Ed actually gave me all the tips on, on asking him that beforehand. Cause I, 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 I messaged him, um, I think the day before or earlier in that day, and I said, hey, we got Andy Foster. Is there anything you want me to ask him? And he told me, oh, ask him about this. So I was able to kind of ask him about it. And um, so that was pretty interesting. So uh, if you're a fight fan, um, it's a pretty good interview to listen to.
1: Where, In your opinion, where does the California Commission fall on the scale of top commissions in the country? I know for MMA, it's generally from an outside perspective, I think it's considered one of the top um, is that the same way in boxing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, I don't think you can argue that they're the busiest um, just because of the, of the size of our state here in California. Um, he's definitely is the busiest. Um, I've, ta- I've been able to talk to, like, athletic inspectors and, and commission reps um, being over here in, in, Lo- in the Los Angeles area. Um, and they've all told me that other states and even other countries like in England and, 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 and Europe um, would come to California to study our commission and how, how they do it over here, pretty much to, to do like a model. Um, then I think I think I've, I was even told that I think they've done some work with New York um, and North Carolina where they've come over to try to model after California. I mean... They need know. to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, you know, of course I'm not behind that curtain in terms of seeing what they see, but I, I, I've been in the fight game at least the boxing side, quite a few years in terms of the media side. Um, and, you know, not everybody, not every commission is always going to get everything right. Um, but, you know, with being such a large state with the population that California does, um, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Um, I, I, he had mentioned on our podcast that, that he's the only state in the United States that has a, a pension fund for, for fighters um i completely forgot about that but he mentioned that towards the end of his interview yeah
0: um
2: but it's pretty much like a retirement account towards the end you have to i think you have to vest after 75 rounds um i think that's a pretty interesting uh uh factoid in terms of commission for the fight game
0: yeah man i i found that really interesting and one thing if i know matt uh hasn't heard it yet uh but you probably want to check it out matt because uh one of the things i found most interesting is when he talked about how how he got into uh the position he has a lot of his background uh, coincidentally he he came in through uh, as a fan of uh, like first UFC and all that stuff Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, and so it was crazy how uh, um, one of the things he said was uh, as far as dealing with both boxing and, and MMA uh, MMA kind of stood out more as far as I don't want to say the problems but like when he talked about uh, uh, weight cutting and stuff like that obviously. Matt and I have gone back and forth about that. I'm not back and forth, but we've talked about it a lot because, uh, I mean, I don't know how many events have fallen apart or fighters been pulled off of cards in MMA because of uh, of being, um, you know, uh, have a weight cutting issue. And um, what was uh, there was, what was what's the thing? I mean, Matt, you probably know this too. The about the 15 percent, uh, you have to be fifteen percent within uh, the limit or something like that.
1: I believe in MMA, yeah, you have to be – prior to the fight, you got to be within 15% of – you can't be more than 15% higher than what you weighed in at. Um, I know Aspen Lad had an issue with that, and they usually make you move up to the next weight class. I'm not sure if there's a grace period where they give you like a second chance at it. Um, It's still kind of new, but – you know, talking weight cutting, it doesn't happen in boxing. Well, I mean, obviously they cut weight in boxing, but we don't see fights canceled anywhere near, mm-hmm. a, a, at least not the big fights. I don't know if it's happening on some of these undercard fights, but do you just think that's because of the smaller weight classes or is it just more of a thing where people are signing up and going, hey, let's just fight and not kill ourselves to get to that weight?
2: Uh, well, he a- Andy Foster did mention that um, there is a big, you know, disparity between boxing and MMA in terms of weight cutting. Um, he did mention that MMA is a lot, you know, in terms of the weight cut, it's pretty much a lot worse. I don't think that's the <laughs> word he used, so don't, don't quote me on that. But um, that's essentially what he was describing it as, is that the weight cuts for MMA fighters, and I'm sure you guys know this. I know Ed yeah. knows this for sure, but um, it's a lot more drastic uh, than it is for boxers. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting, even though I kind of already had an idea about that, especially since, uh, uh, you know, knowing Ed over the years. Um, but that 15% thing, um, he did touch on that. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's like set in stone, like if it's a state code yet, cause he did mention something about it's in committee or it, it's going through some process or something, but, um, you know, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a very good, uh, rule to have, um, especially in a commission as large as California, especially for the fighter safety and the fighter's health, you know, I mean, we've seen yeah. in other places, weight cuts just turn out bad. So I think it works out.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things I think, uh, the reason why we don't see it so much in boxing is because they have more weight classes than MMA. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, so, you know, there, there's, uh, he said something about how that you can get fighters to agree upon, you know, uh, another weight class or, or something to that effect or, and, um, you know, it's usually, it's, it's more of a problem because of the limitations of the weight classes in MMA. Um, again, I just heard it hours ago because I know you, uh, that episode went live, uh, today or yesterday, right?
2: I was like, it was like last night this morning. So yeah. about maybe 1am your, uh, your time on the East coast. So about this morning.
0: So I don't know. I mean, uh, th- that you would think that would be an argument for, more weight classes. I, I mean, I, I forget your your stance on it, Matt. When we've talked about it, but I mean, are you like you are down for a 165 and more weight classes? Are you or or no? Uh,
1: in a sense, I am. Uh, where it makes sense, I could see it. Um, I think the issue the issue with MMA different boxing is that so much of MMA's base comes from wrestling. A lot of the younger <coughs> guys are wrestlers, so they have the history of cutting weight. Uh, I know, like Tito Ortiz, for example, basically established at the time the 199 weight class.
0: None.
1: And and the weight class was essentially made for him and anybody who's met Tito Ortiz. I mean, he that guy's two thirty five, two forty, uh, easy. So he, I mean, he's been cutting twenty five to forty pounds basically his whole career to get down to the to the one ninety nine, which now became two oh five uh, in the latter years. So I think the wrestling. I think people will always try to cut the limits and keep cutting. Um, I think. uh, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know if more weight classes helps. I don't know if you just sign for a 155 fight and then you basically can't weigh more than 170. I mean I I don't know I don't really know how you get around it. Uh, and we saw it with the Connor and uh, and Cowboy thing. And obviously the fight didn't last long, so we don't necessarily know how that affected their mm-hmm. their cardio and their their well being. But they both hit the scales, looked good, had no complaints. I I just feel like that's the I mean that's the origin of MMA fighting was open weight and you fought at your weight and you, you fought and obviously that's changed over the last two decades, but I don't know. I, 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 said, we've said it before. I think it's going to take somebody dying, a big name dying yeah. on the scales. And then all of a sudden there'll be this massive overhaul or it'll go in front of Congress and, you know, it'll be a kind of the steroid thing with baseball and, and betting thing with basketball and all that stuff. All of a sudden it'll blow up. And, and then we'll kind of all look at each other and go, Hey, well, we've been saying it for, for 20 years now. And it, it took, a world champion dying on the scales because he was trying to make, you know, trying to cut 40 pounds, but I don't know. I think there should be a one I'd like a 225, maybe a 230, um just to kind of even out the heavyweights. Maybe do every 10 pounds. Do it do a 20 uh, you know, a 30, 40, 50, 160, 170. Add one, but if you have I don't, I don't want to get into where we have boxing where we have a weight class every 3 pounds. I think <laughs> that that uh there's not enough uh there's not enough MMA yet in this world i don't think for that i think if you, the ufc had 45 title belts uh i think yeah. we, we would start seeing some uh pretty undeserving champions in a lot of the weight classes
0: yeah i mean i i, I it, there's arguments for and against it especially in mma I, I know uh connor is actually forward he mentioned it uh in one of his uh, interviews before his return that he'd uh because of he's, he mentioned everything we're talking about how there's less there's less folks missing weight and, and less bad things happening because of the the more weight classes that are in boxing. Obviously, he's he you know since his time uh, with the May Mac thing, which with which Daniel did cover uh, briefly back in uh, whenever that was 2017, um, mm-hmm. back when we were together at uh, at another site. He uh, you know we we everybody had a good time covering that and and his time in boxing obviously opened probably has him wanting more options in boxing, but, um, speaking of, speaking of, uh, more options in boxing, uh, I know 2019 was a pretty big, uh, year for boxing as far as like, you know, the hell, the whole Andy Ruiz thing. And, uh, and now we're getting uh wilder fury too. Uh, I forget if they fought at the beginning of 2019, right. Or the end of the,
2: they fought it was well, December, December, 2018,
0: 2018. So it was like right yeah. at the end of the year. So we kind of waited a whole year for that. And uh, did you get to go to the – I know you had mentioned you were going to go to the the latest media event that they had for for to for that buildup. Did you get to go to that, Daniel?
2: Yeah, so they had a they – had, they've had two press conferences within the last few weeks out here in L.A. Um, they had one at the Staples Center L.A. live area, um, and then they had a secondary one at the Fox Studio lot in L.A. Um, this past Saturday. Um my partner, Mike, from uh, the last round podcast and I went to go cover that on Saturday. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if any of your listeners or you guys caught maybe the highlights or a little bit of it. It was pretty like the biggest difference between that, like this press conference and any other press conference is it was held in a television studio. Mm. And That's these right. these press conferences are never, I mean, you guys know, they're never really held in television studios like that. They never really invite the media. So... Um, that was the biggest difference. Other than that, both fighters were pretty cordial with, with each other. There wasn't really any back and forth controversial banter. Um, but you know, it was, it was an interesting, they're, they're trying to promote it. And, um, us, my team, we were able to get some, some good solid interviews, like four or five of them for our content. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's still an intriguing matchup. The rematch was exciting, especially the last two rounds. Um, so I think everybody's hoping then the, that the rematch is going to be even more exciting.
0: It just doesn't seem like there's a, there's a lot of uh, fanfare for, for such a, a fight. That was such a big deal though. I feel like there's there We'd be talking about it more as we're fo- coming into the month of February. I mean, I don't, is it crazy out by you guys? I mean, I don't know what's, what's your take on it. M- me and Matt haven't really talked boxing since I think since you were last on.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, but we had a, a, on, on that past Saturday, we had a reporter from ESPN. His name's Steve Kim. Um, mm. He was on, he, We had interviewed him for a good 20, 25 minutes right there at the Fox studio lot. Um, and I think I brought up that point in terms of promotion. And his take was that he was just... And he's been in the game since like the 90s. Um, so his take was that he's like, look, like, the, buzz around, the, the buzz around this fight, he was like, it was like it won't, you won't start feeling it until probably like the week up, yeah. fight week. He's like, or especially after maybe this weekend, because um, there's rumors that they might they might promote it on the Super Bowl, um, because I think Super Bowl is on Fox, I believe. Yes, it um, is. And then, um, you know, the for your listeners that don't know, Tyson Fury is with ESPN, and Deontay Wilder is with uh, Fox. So this is actually a joint promotion. It's a joint promotional pay per view um, that they've been utilizing both platforms. So, um, you know, it it. No, there's no buzz. I mean, there is buzz, but it's more for the hardcore fans. Um, but I don't think you'll start seeing maybe that casual fan buzz until it gets closer. Um, hopefully after this weekend, if they utilize the Super Bowl airtime or any of that time um, for that promotion, because that'd be huge, because that's like, what, 30 million viewers who, who watch the Super Bowl every year? Um, so they'd be stupid not to, but who knows? So We'll see how it turns out.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I think that might be the kind of the way of the future. I don't think we're going to see these six month buildups like we had uh, for like McGregor Aldo and some of these other mega fights. It seems like we I mean, the, we were saying the same thing about uh, the Connor Cowboy fight, how there really wasn't much top, talk about it until basically the week of the fight. So I think people's uh, attention spans are so small right now and there's so much other content in combat sports that you almost don't want to get lost uh promoting too soon. You'd rather just kind of own that last week with as much content as you have.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And then that, another interesting thing um, for this fight is that uh, Bob Arum, who's obviously one of the most famous promoters in the fight game, you know, he has his company top rank, had mentioned before when this fight got announced that they weren't going to do any press conferences or anything like that. They were just going to utilize on the machine behind ESPN and Fox, like their their reach he was mm. like we're going to use a college football and all that stuff um and then the last couple weeks they've done two press conferences out here in la mm. so i mean you can kind of read between the lines um does that mean they're not getting the buzz that they want or maybe ticket sales are slow i mean who knows um you know i i think we'll find out obviously as the event draws near but i thought that was kind of an interesting uh I mean, it's just an it, interesting observation
0: you know what's 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 interesting. You talk about how they might get ads during the Super Bowl. Um, not that long ago, maybe three weeks ago, Endeavor just partnered or picked up or or bought a company that does a lot of uh, I forget the name of it, but uh, like that week that they announced that they they bought they 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 got in business with this company that runs a lot of like holiday ads and travel destination type of deals that's affiliated with the NFL. That's very same week. They ran ads that they, they were running ads for McGregor Cerrone on uh, whatever football game was on that weekend. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see both the, uh, the upcoming UFC uh, with John Jones and Dominic Reyes and that Tyson Fury, uh, Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder uh, run across. I mean, everybody wants that's a for like, I don't watch football, but I mean, I, I tune into the Super Bowl and everybody knows that, you know, uh, herbs like me that don't watch football. <laughs> we, 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 we tune in, uh, you know, to check out the commercials. So everybody wants to add space on the Super Bowl but, um, for the, uh, cause, uh, we're probably going to do our picks for the UFC next week. Uh, Matt, uh, who do you, who do you like in this boxing, uh, in the Fury Wilder too?
1: If you're asking me, I think I like, yeah. uh, I like Fury. Um, <clears throat> I think he'll keep his distance. I think he'll, I mean, basically fight kind of like he did the first fight, but, uh, end up keeping his guard up for the last couple rounds. And I, I think he squeaks out a, a decision. I, um, I know Wilder's knocked out his last couple of guys pretty brutally, but, uh, the last fight against, uh, what was it? Ortiz? Uh, it was kind of a slow lackadaisical first four or five rounds, if I recall. Um, and then, and then he just unloaded. So I think if he kind of takes off or, you know, not necessarily takes off, but if he comes out a little slow, I think it's rounds. He's going to give away to fury and, and uh, I mean, the last fight he wins, Fury wins by three or four points. If he doesn't go down, uh, what? What do you mm. go down two times in the last couple rounds? Mm. Um, and maybe not four points, but a, a good a couple rounds. He, he ends up winning that fight by so. That's kind of how I see it. I, I think he'll fight smart. He keep his movement going and just avoid the giant
0: punch. And how, what about you, Daniel? I mean, you want to give us a little preview of what you're probably going to do a full in-depth one on your own podcast uh, that week of.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, usually we, we, we do our, our our fight picks uh, the the week of fights. Mm. Um, so obviously, we got a couple weeks before we make a decision. And honestly, I, if, I ha- if I had if I had a a decision on who I'd pick, I would tell you guys right now, I have I had no problem with it. But honestly, I, I really don't know. Mm. Um, because and the reason why is because like there was one statement that that Wilder has said in in, in the last couple months, because um, people like like uh matt has been saying like you know fury has that better boxing ability has the better boxing skills um but wilder has that unreal god-given power um you know and fury outweighs him by like 40 something pounds 50 pounds on fight night but but wilder just has that freakish power that you know not many people have in the fight game in general um and he did make some uh A comment which was very interesting because he's right on the money where he said it was just like my opponents only need to be they need to be perfect for you know 36 minutes or
0: whatever
2: he was like i only need to be perfect for two seconds
0: yeah he says that a lot
2: (laughs) yeah and and i remember when he first said that i was like you know what that's that's a very simple statement but it totally defines him so he's pretty much saying like look i i might not have the boxing skills he's like but that's not what i need he was like i just need to catch you and i win and i mean i mean he's been proving that i mean yeah with fury got back up um that first fight but i mean who's to say that wilder's already proven that he can knock him down twice yeah um so you know i don't think anybody can can doubt that he can knock him out so i i i don't know who i don't know who yet i'm I'm hoping to have a decision by the time fight week mm. comes around though
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm going uh wilder just because uh I'm a fan of of uh, someone that at least tries to finish. I mean, not not that Fury doesn't try to finish, but you know, uh, hmm. Wilder Wilder strikes me as a finisher, so I'm going in on Deontay Wilder, even though I don't like I don't like when he yells "Bomb Squad" and scares the <laughs> shit out of everybody. Pretty wild, yeah. Yeah, it's. Being there. I mean, I've heard it around here in, in in New York when when he's fought out here. So, and it's uh, when, when he did it in the uh, what was it when he yelled it a couple of years ago. They did a media thing in the in the um, Empire State Building. Uh, he 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 scared the shit out of everybody that was standing around there. It was a while, a long time ago, like when we back when you and I were working together. But yeah. I was like, Jesus, that guy's loud. But anyway, <laughs> um, I mean, I know you got to get going, man. So before you leave. Uh, I mean, obviously when you, you can just hang up and then me and Matt will finish up with our uh, recap from the weekend. But um, if you just want to go ahead and uh, let folks know where to listen to the podcast, where to follow you on social uh, and what you got coming up, uh, go right ahead.
2: Yeah, guys, I appreciate you guys inviting me on once again. You know, I'm always here to be your resident boxing expert when you need something. <laughs> uh, my podcast is uh, the last round podcast. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're primarily a boxing podcast, but there are times Like this week where we have um, the athletic commission from California, the executive officer Andy Foster on which um, it's an interview that appeals to every fight fan MMA and boxing. So I mean, if any of your listeners, any of your guys as fans want to know more about the behind the scenes of the commission, especially coming from the main guy from the California State Athletic Commission. Uh, it's a good 40 minute interview that we had with him where he talks about all the weight cuts and it, it applies to MMA and boxing so mm-hmm. um, so and if you I'm sure you have some listeners who are MMA and boxing fans so um, if you're looking for a good boxing podcast uh, I think we do pretty well and, and we try to deliver some pretty some pretty solid guests um, throughout throughout the year so um, as I get, as I said thanks again for uh, having me on guys
1: hey be- before you run just one quick Quick question here: uh, We had the issue in MMA with Stephen A. Smith uh, last week, uh, giving his comment on Donald Cerrone. Real quick, MMA <laughs> fans and MMA world need to grow thicker skin, or or Stephen A. Smith shouldn't be involved. I'm asking you because after every <laughs> boxing match, boxing fans have to hear every schmo in the world <coughs> saying that boxing's fixed. What do you they? Know,
2: what? It, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned that because my part my my co-host Mike. Uh, Despises the guy. Despises the guy. Yesterday when we were recording, after and before,
0: Yay, Mike, and, uh,
2: <laughs> Mike, like he was just just venting to me about the guy. And every time he vents to me about him, uh, when Stephen A. Smith is involved in some type of boxing-related show for ESPN or whatever, I I just laugh, and he's just like, "What are you laughing at?" I was just like, "Because you're so affected by it, like, <laughs> guy, like, like the guy, like I'm I'm in I look I." It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because I know the guy's doing it because he gets attention. Why do you think? Why do you think that this recently, the last contract he signed for ESPN was like? I think he's like the highest-paid ESPN employee they have. Mm. He may, he's making tens of millions of dollars. Why? Because he gets ratings. You don't think he knows that? That he 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 yells. He gets crazy. He does all these random opinions. He he calls out people. I I wouldn't be surprised that some of these opinions that he he spills out every day for all these different sports, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are just fake. He just does them for the publicity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me. I just think it's hilarious because, you know, I can't hate on the guy. I can't hate on the guy because, you know, if he's talking about our sport, he's he's a mainstream sports figure in yeah. media. So, it, and, and I mean, you guys know boxing is a niche sport. Um, I, you know, I, I can admit that probably MMA is, is essentially a... a, a we have a bigger fan fa- fan base at the moment. Um, so when he talks about boxing, even if he's like criticizing us, Hey, man, I'm cool with it because he's a mainstream figure that has all these eyeballs in him. So yeah. it doesn't bother me. But uh, to people like like my co-host, Mike, <laughs> and obviously a lot more people, uh, <laughs> he gets under their skin. So but sure I does. think it's kind of hilarious. Yeah.
1: All right. So basically, in summary, MMA fans should get a little bit thicker skin. But <laughs> uh,
2: Stephen A. Smith's Sagoon. <laughs> I mean I don't want
1: I don't want to tell people how to live their lives but if you want to if you, you want always telling me way, how to
0: live my life oh
1: um. that's different though I mean, you are different, so. <laughs> yeah. all right danny well thanks for that yeah i mean uh we'd like to have you on sooner than later uh again just so we can uh break into some more stuff uh especially maybe after the fury wilder fight and um I'd like to talk to you about more of the prospects and stuff coming up in the world of boxing people that we can start looking out for in, in the near future. So thanks for joining us again.
2: Appreciate it. You, you got it guys. Thanks again.
0: Cool. Take care, man. I'll talk to you later. Cool. All right. So that was Daniel Zaldivar of the last round podcast, uh, returning to talk boxing. Once again, he had to catch a train. So uh, sorry for rushing us into it, but I didn't want him to miss his train. I know what it's like to, have to catch trains and buses and shit living in jersey and going to new york so um but yeah man so bellator 238 man i know you were there
1: yeah uh great event um like i said uh in the intro of the show had a had a blast um got there for the opening bout of the night uh opening bout was was a fun scrap uh between a couple youngsters uh and then anthony taylor uh, picked up a very close decision win over uh, Chris Avilia in, in a fairly back-and-forth fight. Uh, I know, uh, I know yeah, Taylor's... We
0: were, we were kind of talking during it. I mean, we even though, I mean, for folks listening, uh, you know, a lot of times when Matt's at stuff, he and I will still message each other. Uh, you know, even when I'm at stuff, if I, if I see him messaging me on the phone, we'll talk about what's going on as it's happening live. So, uh, I mean, what was the take as far as, like, when you, being there in the arena, did the crowd like feel like he got robbed. I didn't really hear any booze. No, but... I,
1: I think, I think everybody thought it was a close fight. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my cousin with me thought it was a draw uh, before they announced it. And then the first card they actually announced was a 28, 28 draw. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, they both had some good moments. They both, <laughs> uh, they both had some moments that they can work on. Uh, I think Taylor could admit that he probably uh, needs to continue to work on his cardio a little bit. Um, I, I mean, At least I don't know how he felt, but that's kind of what it looked like from the outside. But, um, I mean, I thought it was good for him to get a win. Uh, You know, I I was happy for the guy. Uh, And then he he made ESPN and stuff uh, with his uh, people's elbow celebration at the end. So uh, we talked about him promoting. (laughs) I mean, dude came out dancing like Ravishing Rick Rude down the aisle. Oh, man, I wish they Uh, showed that. I,
0: I think you told me that the next day or something, and I was like, oh, man. And uh, that that should have been on ESPN too. His whole WWE thing, but The Rock even re- retweeted that video uh, uh, that ESPN shared of him doing the people's elbow. So uh, I mean, I just I actually spoke to him the the next day, the following morning. We were messaging each other, um, and he he was obviously on cloud nine after all the attention just from all that. Um, one thing I got to say, though, I mean, and you know it too because we've had him. He's been on. I've spoken to him a bunch of times. We've had him on the podcast twice. I mean, he's definitely, uh, from as an outsider, someone that's watched his career, I could see his apprehension as far as going for those takedowns and being concerned with, uh, you know, the submission game. Obviously, all of his losses that he's had, or most of his losses that he's had were by submission. But, I mean, when he finally said, you know, screw it, there's a round left, I got to do something, um, he put himself in danger and he defended all the sub attempts, escaped in arm bars, uh, escaped... Uh, I was actually really concerned when his back got taken and he and you know he spun out of that pretty well so you could tell he's he's focused on everything he's he did wrong years ago and he's evolved so it, it's it says a lot for him I know I know there's folks hating on the fight or whatever but I mean after watching his you know it's it's just crazy when you watch a fighter that's from their first pro fight to a few fights in and how they've grown I mean I, I'm actually pretty proud of the kid. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, like you said, he's he's always been uh, open to coming on this show. Um, first time I we spoke to him, I spoke to him on, on the here. I I could eat, I caught the WWE vibe and I actually vibe and I actually asked him about that. So it's kind of been funny to see how that's that's kind of <laughs> developed and and, yeah. and and good for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he fought on the second night of the fight on a Bellator prelim, and he was on ESPN's Twitter. I don't know if he was on ESPN the show. I don't know if they showed it on Sports Center or any of that stuff. Yeah. But like you said, he's got the Rock retweeting him he's fighting the op- second bout of of the night on a on a you know 16 15 16 fight card um good for him uh look forward to watching him fight again uh you got this fight out of the way i know it was kind of a grudge match for him so uh
0: yeah i actually i, I was going to try to get him on back as a, as a winner for this week but he's actually uh in japan now so i don't know if that's the thing they do that he likes to do i know he, he he's told us how he likes traveling so um you know we'll we'll definitely get to talk to him obviously he's He's a friend of the podcast, so he'll, he'll definitely be back, uh, hopefully, with another Bellator announcement soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we talked to him, I said he should be fighting for Ryzen, or he should get a fight with Ryzen with Bellator. So, I mean, maybe they're, you know, if he's smart, he's knocking on some doors while he's out there and, and introducing himself to some people with the with the new, you know, he's got the backing. I think he'd kill it in Japan. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah the character that he brings to, to the fight game. So oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, again, big win for him. Uh, former UFC fighter, Chris Millinder, uh, former Bellator fighter before UFC j- returned, uh, got it, picked up a, a dominating decision. Um, <clears throat> young JJ Wilson, who I believe is 22 years old, came into his bout four and he moves to five and zero with another stoppage. Uh, I think he'll be a name that we'll be looking at, uh, in the next, uh, you know, two, three years, as far as a, uh, a top contender for Bellator. He seemed, he had a little bit of, uh, you know, he, he fought through a little bit of, uh, uh, he, he had some tough moments in the fight, but he fought through them. And, and like I said, ended up getting the finish. Um, I'd say the biggest win of the night for anybody was Aaron Pico. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like his career, uh, was basically on the line in this bout. He came into the fight four and three, uh, only fighting top, uh, top level competition, essentially. And uh, he picked up a, a knockout win over Daniel Carey. Uh, Carey was coming off of the the finish of Gaston Bolanos. Um, so another another good competition for Pico, and picked up a devastating knockout. Like I said, I, I if he would have lost this fight, I don't think there would have been anywhere for him to go. Um, but back to the drawing board, and I don't think we would have saw Pico for. I think he would have been on the small regional scene for for a while fighting.
0: Yeah, for- and it's funny that you're talking about that because even uh, you know, I I there's folks that I knew that were there covering the event so I watched their uh their uploads of uh of the uh, post fight presser and then that was one of the things they asked Scott Coker about and even Scott Coker said yeah I mean he looked great he's doing he did great tonight but we're 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 definitely going to take our time uh still developing him just because it's been so 50-50 with the kid but the thing is he's he's young what is he 22 23 yeah something like that yeah. yeah so he's got so much time to to grow into uh, the fighter that he can be. I mean, I still think he can be a world champion. He's humble. He's smart. He handles his losses like a man, super mature for his age. So I think he, uh, I think we're going to see definitely going to see more of him. Um, We just need him to start uh, growing the, the the W side of his record, you know, way past the the losses side.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that uh, I think skill wise, he's, you know, a ten in striking and and wrestling. I think he's, I mean, I think he's got the skills of a world champion. I just think we watched him try to hone those skills against competition that uh, that was more seasoned. And and mm. um, had he been doing this on the regional circuit, uh, he we'd probably be looking at an Aaron Pico who's already fought ten, eleven times now and, and undefeated, and and we'd be talking about him signing with Bellator the UFC. So. Uh, I, I think that's it. I mean, the main concern wasn't so much the three losses. It was that he was getting, uh, KO'd in some of those and getting, oh, yeah. getting put out. Um, you know, no matter what your age is, I think if you, if, if for some reason he would have got caught in this fight, um, it would have been hard to rebound for back from, I mean, all of a sudden you start having commissions and stuff looking into you, uh, it, the, the, the world of MMA starts get breathing down your neck when you start suffering that many KOs. So, um, he was just wrestling, uh, early in the fight, uh, kind of fought conservative. And then once he got to the feet, uh, and kind his opponent kind of wary of a takedown, it seems like that's when he, when he unloaded. So, you know, mm-hmm. another knockout. I love watching the guy fight. Uh, I, like you said, if Coker's, if that's Coker's plan, then I think that that's a good move. Another guy I wouldn't mind seeing go to, uh, Ryzen getting a fight out there. Um, you know, uh, Ryzen's got some good guys, but they also got some guys that they could feed to a Pico. Um, and also, still
0: give him, the, but
1: still give him the chance to fight in front of a big crowd. Yeah, no, I hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here when we talk about some of this stuff. Uh, you know, they they give him a pro wrestler. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Just it's all about experience for somebody that yeah. age right now. So uh, that's that's it. But huge win for him. Uh, main card kicked off. Uh, Emily King. Picked up a, a upset win over Ava Knight. I don't know how much of an upset. Knight's uh, the boxing champion who who was one and zero in MMA. Yeah. She came in and, and really showed her weakness on the ground. Um, Emily well, King I, picked up I, the win.
0: Yeah, I mean she. I mean she, obviously she. The ground game is new to her, and she got submitted. But she 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 defended and escaped a couple before that happened. I know a lot of people. Uh, she seemed to be. Uh, I mean obviously no one's going to be happy when they when they lose this on TV. Um, or DAZN or whatever the hell you, you, the people are watching on, but she um, she seemed to like uh, say like oh the haters are gonna come. I don't know if uh, there seems to be this weird and it's fun, It's too bad that Daniel had to leave, but uh, he's probably one of the few people that I don't get this weird vibe of like anti MMA fandom. And you get she's the what the fourth or third or fourth or fifth woman now to come over from boxing into MMA. And and Make a go of it like uh, I think she deserves credit for that She she's pretty adamant about not stopping I admire I admire that she wants to keep on with MMA when when she could I mean I don't know how they talk about the pay disparity in in, uh, women's boxing It's that's obviously not the same as the men and stuff like that Amanda Serrano Heather Hardy have all been vocal about that. So uh, I mean that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast in itself but I mean uh she still deserves credit for coming out. I wouldn't mind seeing her again. I mean maybe if Heather Hardy wants to do MMA again, maybe have them face each other, you know? I mean the, the, there's there's something to be said for them, you know, stepping out of their comfort zones and and doing something where they know they're probably going to lose in their first few fights, but they still go at it anyway. So I I I, I like to fight. I mean uh I know I know uh was there two how many kings were on this card I know we were, we were screwing around with Nolan last week no that's the amazing <laughs> thing so they didn't have their
1: pictures and we made a joke about Nolan King about how they must be rela- <laughs> I, I made a joke about how they, they look alike so they must be related turns out they were married I don't know if you <laughs> picked up on that so it was actually yeah yeah they, they, wife. they said
0: it during the broadcast actually like they talked about the whole thing when she won her fight they, they cut to her husband backstage waiting yeah. for his fight and celebrating and you know happy about it and then when he you know obviously he, he he fought Raymond Daniels, and he, he didn't do so good. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The,
1: the, the wife uh, carried the load, and they were celebrating, but that was, like you said, was short-lived. Uh, Raymond Daniels uh, disposes of Jason King three minutes into round one. Uh, axe kick after spinning kick after yeah, yeah. side kick after, you know, uh, Kung Fu Joe move after Kung Techno Fu Joe move. move. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: So it was like, so it was like uh, they cut to her during the broadcast. I mean, I know you were there live – uh, you know y- you're all over the place when you're in the arena I know you don't really I mean when you watch fights out there anyway you, you couldn't really do that out here because Madison Square Garden security is all fucking you know <laughs> strict about it but uh, um, they cut to the wife she was watching like she was actually in the arena watching and when and when he lost the way that he did she was uh, she had to be consoled by her coach because it was I mean obviously he he lost pretty bad
1: so. Yeah, no, I did catch that though. I, I caught that <laughs> out of my corner of my eye that they decided to show on the big screen in the arena, her, uh, her crying on somebody's shoulder. But I mean, obviously that's, that's gotta be emotional, especially coming off of a, a huge win for you. And then I mean a matter of, I mean, within 10 that? minutes, the yeah. momentum shift would of, have been
0: um, nice if they both won. But I mean, that's oh, you
1: know. I, it, I, you know, if, uh, I don't know a lot about but Jason. But they cage. put
0: him against Raymond Daniels.
1: Yeah, I mean, when the fight, <laughs> I just, I, I said, hey, if he's got any kind of wrestling submission skills like his wife, then it, it, they could have a, you know, could be celebrating some stuff tonight. But, um, I mean, Raymond, it's got to be, it's got to be scary to be in that cage with Raymond Daniels when you're hurt. I mean, when you, I, I, I can't even, I can't even comprehend what must be going through your mind when you're, when. He's hitting you with stuff that you just don't see coming As, over. Especially
0: and over again. when he comes with so much of it. I mean, he's so like everyone's like, okay, he's a kickboxer, he's a striker, so then you got to pressure him, you know, and don't give him his range and and, and you know, grind him against the fence, takedowns. But if if he comes at you, you know, like like we said, like a video game fighting character, you're not. It's 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 easier said than done, you know. And and he the thing about his striking is he's a smart striker. He's he's not just a headhunter. He attacks the soft tissue. I mean, he confuses the hell out of, um, uh, I mean, uh, last Thursday, I, I don't know if I've talked about it. I know you know about it, but I, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I haven't done any striking sparring or MMA outside of jujitsu, but like as far as striking, I haven't done any training since I tore my pec in, in 2016. So uh, I, I just started doing it again last Thursday and, and, uh, Nate Ray, I sparred with him. He competes, uh, amateur MMA did a couple of fight to win pros, uh, and um, he's 155 pounds, but even just moving around, not being used to it, uh, being away from it from for f- four years, four or five years, four years, yeah. I hadn't sparred in four years, and uh, I was completely lost. So it was weird watching uh, – I mean, not not that King was lost against Daniels, but I'm just saying that the, the comparisons, uh, you know, they're light years apart, but, I mean, someone as such a seasoned striker like Daniels just – firing away at him. I mean, he probably didn't even have time to think about, you know, let me grab a single leg or something, you know.
1: No, and and he he, he lands them. That's what's that's yeah. what's different than Daniels and a lot of guys is, I mean, we got guys in the UFC flipping off the cage and doing crazy <laughs> stuff, but they're yeah. not landing anything. It's it's more show, it's more I mean he's he's throwing tornado punches and he's landing them. I mean yeah. these kicks he's throwing, he's running away from a guy and all of a sudden he throws some crazy I don't even know the, the terms for all the kicks but he, he throws some crazy spinning back kick and he lands it on the guy's liver. I mean it's yeah. like it's not it's not just for show and that's what's yeah. that's what's crazy and and I and I mentioned it I it seems like we're still light years away from the potential but my mm-hmm. god him and MVP at 170
0: that's gotta but, happen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, you talk about a video game experience in an MMA fight. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I mean, that's, that's like, that's up there with fights that I, I would, uh, I'd wish to see And I, I don't know. Um, it would depend. I imagine where it happened, but Daniels has the kickboxing experience. So we're less likely to see a commission try to say, Hey, he's only, <laughs> only got three MMA fights, but my God, that mm-hmm. would, uh, that would be a fun one. But so that was a big win for Daniels. Um, you know, uh, up until this point, Bellator pretty much had, I think, things going the way they wanted to. Yeah. Um, I think they would have liked to see Nava Knight win, uh, but that's that was probably lower on their their totem pole. But with Pico winning, uh, Daniels winning, uh, Sergio Pettis then was the next fight. Uh, he picked up a uh, devastating win, uh, submission win uh, after after dropping his opponent. Uh, I think it was another uh, first round. So really, the fight was never in question. Pettis did his thing uh, for stoppage. It seems like in a while, uh, without glancing at his record, I can't really honestly recall the last one he had. So that was good to see. And, um, I think with him signing with Bellator, this was a fight. Obviously he had to win if he wants to, uh, work his way into the 135 pound weight class And mm-hmm. without a champion in that division. Uh, he's got the name value. Seems like he, uh, he starts to slip into a spot here pretty soon. If, uh, you know, we got mix, we got yeah. Gallagher, Gallagher, uh, you know, yeah, other that's, than it's that's pretty, a, pretty thin.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And that's one of the things, again, uh, at the post fight uh, media scrum with Scott Coker, that's one of the other questions that he fielded was, you know, with that win and him, him knew there, <clears throat> where does he fit in? And Coker, you know, obviously he doesn't want to rush him, but he was like, he's definitely, he's definitely on the radar of, of that whole conversation. So um, good for him.
1: Yeah, no, a big win. Um, like you said, the arena arena's rolling right now. Everybody's happy. Uh, fights are looking good. Uh, like you said, Daniels, Archul- or, uh, Daniels, and then and then Pettis, and then then we got the fight that I thought was going to be the fight of the the <laughs> yeah. early fight of the year. And uh, seems like I put the the mush on that. Uh, Juan Archuleta picks up a uh, decision over uh, Henry Corrales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not what I expected. Uh, no. Maybe something I should start to expect more with Archuleta. Uh, I've been at a couple of his fights where he's gotten huge knockouts. So maybe that was a little bit. Uh, uh, maybe that's cha- swayed how I was looking at his fights. But he's starting mm. to have a little bit of a more of a traction of, of being a little bit of a slow, more of a slowdown fighter. I know the people in the arena were not happy with him. Uh, mm. Most people sitting around me were not rooting for him. Mm. Um, I, I, I And they, you know, if, if you, I guess, if you only watch the. The pit bull fight and and maybe a couple yeah. of his other fights that might sway your opinion, uh, considering that last fight was in L.A. as well. But
0: uh, I mean, I think it's one of the case of like like uh, when we had Nolan on, all three of us were kind of like, yeah, this could be fight of the year contender. But I think it, you have a case with two guys like that where, again, like we had talked about last week and how how certain fighters can cancel each other's uh, skill set out, and when you get guys that are so similar. I think we just saw a, a dual case of extreme, extreme aggressive caution. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, no,
1: I, I see that. I guess yeah. I get. I I always figured that there's going to be some kind of sense of urgency, um, nice. and I would have thought maybe more on Corrales' side coming off of the loss to Caldwell, and um, he doesn't have the. I would say Archuleta's higher up on the rungs right now, as far as a little bit of name value coming off the title mm-hmm. fight. And it. I just, I, I kept waiting for there to be like an explosion. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it, it's the typical fight where the last 10 seconds they're waving each other on to like, let's do this. And, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously, I mean, I'll still watch Archuleta fight. I'll still watch Corrales fight in the future, but, uh, just, just disappointing. But Archuleta picks up the win and what essentially could be a, uh, alternate bout for the tournament. Um, uh, I don't think he's got a lot of people. I mean, he got booed out of the arena. Uh, so, oh, wow.
0: You know, I gotta say, man, you were there. That's a good thing. You were there because a lot of that, uh, a lot of that just wasn't, uh, it's not something that, that I caught on as watching at home. You know yeah. What no, I
1: mean? they, they booed the decision. Uh, they booed him walking out of the cage and they booed him walking out of the arena. I mean, it was, it was, he got booed out of the arena basically. Oh, wow. Um, uh, you know, he played it up a little to the crowd and stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, it could be good. It could be bad, but I think in his next fight, he's going to have to uh, reestablish himself as, as somewhat of a killer. If he wants to keep, uh, <clears throat> keep hanging with some of these other guys, um, somebody who's been criticized fought in the next bout uh, the, the quarterfinal for the featherweight tournament. Um, I've been a little bit uh, on Caldwell. I, I was a little bit, uh, one of his naysayers, I guess saying that he was kind of just had become a wrestler without not looking for finishes and stuff. And, um, prove me wrong in this fight, put down Borex and, uh, submitted him, uh, two minutes into the fight, yeah. uh, looked outstanding, uh, looked like the Caldwell that we kind of always, uh, we knew was there, but, uh, and, and it might've just been a matter of running into Horaguchi twice in a row <coughs> and then, and then basically wanting to get his feet under him and, 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 grinding out a win over Corrales in the opening bout of the tournament. But, uh, but a great performance big win for him and uh i'll tell you what that finish got me excited for the aj mckee fight
0: yeah man i mean not for nothing i i i can't disagree with anything you said but uh it was definitely uh I, i i did pick caldwell to win and i just i personally just think maybe the the 135 might be too rough for him as he gets older or whatever the case is but uh I mean, I thought it would have been more of a, you know, a longer fight, but yeah, man, I was super impressed. And and like you said, when they had him face off, um, I saw someone tweet. Uh, I don't know if you caught it while you were there that because McKee was walking around the arena. They said he was walking with a cane. Did you see that?
1: No, I didn't. I I didn't even see he was in the arena until he came into the cage. i oh. uh, I I didn't get down to the floor. So. Uh... It wasn't as easy for me to see kind of the whole scene. I know there was a lot of people there, but no, I, yeah. I didn't catch that. Um...
0: So, but he said he was fine. That he, that he's going to be fine for when he has to fight again and stuff. He just might have been sore, or tweaked something. Obviously, he he looked fine when they when they faced off in the cage. But yeah, man, that's definitely uh that's going to be a great fight to see. I, I mean, we'll do our picks for that when the time comes. But I mean, I I just because uh it's crazy because I've. I've interviewed both guys. Uh, I've seen them both fight, and, and I'm super impressed with both of them. But if I, if if I were to make a, a pick now, um, I, I I just feel like McKee might be the because you know Caldwell's strength is his wrestling. He used it and in, 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 to grind out the victory and the submission uh, in that fight that you just talked about. But I I just feel like uh, McKee's McKee has got the tools to handle that and. I just think he might have more ways to win, but we we can talk about that when it happens.
1: yeah, no I, I tend to agree with your initial ideas on that fight, but like you said we'll, we'll get to that uh, that brought us to the main event of the night um, basically a women's super fight a true hundred forty five pound championship fight uh, for the Bellator featherweight title uh, Chris cyborg uh, signed with uh, Bellator came in fight Julia Budd uh, Bud who had been on a long uh, win streak and had been the Bellator uh champ for a few years uh you know i I think i called t k o like two and a half rounds something like that uh ended up going to the fourth round where uh where cyborg put together a video game mm-hmm. style uh combination uh eventually dropping her with a body shot and having the fight waved off um fun fight uh crowd yeah. liked that fight uh i was into it uh start to finish. I uh, thought Cyborg basically won every round. Uh, there might've been a round in there. Uh, I can't recall. Maybe the second round where it was, uh, Bud might've uh, done a couple things, uh, basically kind of holding Cyborg up against the cage, uh, throwing some knees in the clinch and such. But, uh, you know, uh, Cyborg's just Cyborg. Uh, she's one of the great MMA fighters of our time and of the sports history. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and she uh, gets, she becomes a, a grand slam for, uh, Four championship belts and four of the biggest organizations in in MMA and, history, and not
0: for nothing, man. You 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 you've had some, you you've put your ass in some significant seats in, in arenas when it comes to cyborg. Because if you look at, I mean, I I know I've mentioned on the podcast before. You there's a nice blog you wrote over at at uh the site that I own, the blog board jungle, where you wrote about uh the Carano cyborg fight. So. I mean I don't know if it's hit you yet or if that came across your own mind. I mean you've had a uh, so you have sat in some significant history of Cyborg fights as it pertains to women's MMA. I mean she picked up her fourth title in the sport. Uh, right? That's Invicta Strike Force UFC and belt. Yeah, it's four. So, I mean uh with with you watching uh in the span of her career, I mean you you've been there for some significant fights and and watching her fight and um I mean I hate to say it uh like cuz you called her to to win earlier she kind of picked it up later i don't know if she just had to get the feel with bud i mean cuz we, we can't we, let's not take anything away from julia bud who was who was a solid champ while she was there until cyborg came along um i wouldn't mind if they did, if they did a, a women's featherweight grand prix uh, i mean cyborg seems to be all for it i wouldn't mind if they threw bud back in the mix but um you know arlene blenko probably I mean, Scott Coker said it afterward. She's definitely the number one contender. So, if they're not going to do a grand Grand Prix, then blenko has got 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 to get her shot against the Cyborg, but women's women's goat of uh, MMA. Yeah, I uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I I I'd, I don't know if she is above Nunes. Uh, Nunes obviously has the win over her. But they're they're mm-hmm. both. I mean, it, we start talk. I mean, they're the one too. Um, and then Rousey is probably a, a distant three, uh, but you can't take away anything from Ronda either. I, I feel like we, we look in hindsight, um, but she did her thing for, for for a good portion of time and finished off a lot of good fighters. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've been able to see Cyborg fight, I forget how many times, three, four, gosh, five, six, seven, eight. Now, you know, I've seen. I think I've seen maybe her fight ten times live now, nine times. So mm-hmm. I've seen Cyborg's career. I've seen her win two of those belts, um, the strike force and now the Bellator one. I saw her lose um, the uh, the belt to uh, Nunez. Um, how did she get the belt in UFC? Uh, I might have been at that fight too. Did she get that in the in the Holly Holm fight? Or no, she uh, had it. She had it before that. She got it against Tonya the, Yeah,
0: Yeah, they fought yeah, for so. the inaugural inaugural part two. Yeah. It was supposed to be in Megan
1: Anderson. And that she fought, uh, Avenger. So I was at that fight too. So I saw her win all three, be- or three of her belts, um, other than the, uh, the Invicta one, she won at the fight before I saw her fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's been a major part of me as a fan, uh, enjoying the fights and, uh, she has a huge fan base out here. And, uh, you know, I know she has a checkered past as far as, uh, some of the drug tests and stuff. Uh, but, uh, she seems like a really good person. Uh, I don't really hear anybody ever say anything bad about her. Uh, I know she helps out around the community and stuff. Uh,
0: So, you know,
1: that's the kind of stuff that, uh, that I really look at. I, I, everybody's made mistakes and especially when she failed, we were still in a kind of a a dark ages time of MMA. Uh, when, uh, (laughs) when she takes a beat because she's a female and maybe rightfully so, but, uh, You know, if we if we threw away every uh, MMA fighter that that uh, tested positive, uh, our history of MMA would have started in about 2015. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, big win for her. Uh, Excited for it again. Um, Bellator announced a big show. uh, I was predicting it for uh, September 9th, San Jose Bader versus Vadim Nemkoff for the uh, light heavyweight belt. I'm wondering if that's where they slide Caldwell AJ McKeon as a co-main event, uh, because we have your two. uh, the two other semifinals coming up in uh, in mid uh, or no in early March, correct? March
0: thirteenth, yeah.
1: So, so that would be too much. Friday months the
0: thirteenth, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the last thing Bellator needs is to have an event on Friday the thirteenth. God knows you're, you're <laughs> gonna end up with like four shots to the nuts. I, I, fight after As long five.
0: as I was gonna say, as long as they don't please don't put uh, Roy Nelson on that card <laughs> in that arena. I mean, the poor the poor guy's had enough. Like he's had such. Uh, he even said, I interviewed him it it's on this, uh, MMA news is YouTube, YouTube channel actually, where he says, I, I think there's a curse and, and I'm, I'm affected by it. I mean, he was joking, but I don't know, man, you know how I am about curses. I, I think Barclay centers curse for MMA. So, <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I hear you there. Um, and like you said, you told Danny, we don't really have any events, uh, coming up this weekend. We have the super bowl, uh, And and as we started off saying earlier, you know, the the sports world uh, taken back by the loss of Kobe um, Bryant, I think that that, if anything, kind of, you know, I've kind of taken that as a, uh, you know, for me growing up out here, uh, a lot of my history with my my dad who passed uh, almost 20 years ago was watching the Lakers. So I have a lot of memories. He loved Kobe Bryant. So there's a lot of personal stuff there for me. I obviously never knew the man. But um, when you grow up in L.A., Lakers is a way of life. Um, so that's why I think it seems to hit a lot of people here.
0: Yeah. Um, well, it's, I, it, it hit a lot of people everywhere. I mean, I mean, uh, when a sport as big as basketball and someone, someone at, at the level that Kobe Bryant was known for. I mean, I'm not a basketball fan. I don't watch the sport. I, I didn't, I didn't know much about him, but I mean, outside of uh, how tragic it was that, that him and his daughter and the other people that were in that chopper with him, were just going to do something. They're on their way to do something fun together. And, and, it turned into a tragedy tragedy that's just horrible in itself but i mean uh, if you look out here you can go on social media and you'll see uh, i i i don't know if you went to bryant park when you came out to new york city but it's called bryant park it has nothing to do with kobe bryant but somebody slapped his name right over the the uh you know the name of the park and put a put a photo up and it kind of went viral out here in the northeast anyway and um the empire state building they lit the color of the lakers colors for him so I mean, everybody's feeling it all over. Yeah, I mean, he went to high school in... it was uh, tragic. And... Forty-one, and yeah, poor, no, his, it... his his daughter—you know—the whole thing with his daughter and those other poor people that were on their way to the same thing with him. Uh, the 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 pilot—it's just—it just sucks that that happened. Uh, Josh Sanchez, who who writes for Coed Sports, put up a video. Um, he does a, he does a MMA media out here too, and he put up a video of uh, where Kobe Bryant was talking about how he liked uh the reason why he liked you know traveling in, in helicopters was because it awarded him more time with his daughters to be a to be the dad that he enjoyed being so stuff like that just makes it more sad to hear so
1: yeah and 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 we'll mourn that and and move on and and the world will move on but i, I you know if i take anything from this and and we joke about it sometimes is These athletes that are fighting for us or fighting or playing basketball or football, we don't know these people personally. They're giving us memories. Um, Mm. You know, I remember watching fights with you or, you know, uh, with my watching basketball with my dad or my sister or my brother, you know, or Mm -hmm. going to the fights with my relatives and stuff. It's the memories that they create. So I think that if anything, we step back. We have the situation with Stephen A. Smith, which we joke about. But it's just not that important. I mean, we're watching We're watching. Well, Stephen A. Smith
0: is not that important. Why are you no, bringing you're, him you're up?
1: No, you're right. You're right. But <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is that it, it, the, the life is a lot more important yeah. than these things. So don't let it throw your life off. I mean, you see people getting banned from Twitter for pay, saying stupid stuff or yeah, yeah. getting their feelings hurt about because a fighter got bashed. I mean – Dude, it doesn't mean anything. When it's all said and done, yeah. all these people are creating memories. We'll look back at the record books about what they've done in the history of sport that they are in. But it doesn't—it doesn't mean anything. The only thing that really matters is when it's all said and done—is life and death. Mm-hmm. And and when something like this happens, I think that uh, it gives you a chance to kind of reflect and go, okay, maybe maybe my priority, maybe. Maybe Cowboy having his feeling hurt by Stephen A. Smith again is not the end of the <laughs> damn world. You know, no. maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, uh, so, you know, so I hate to rant about it, but that's kind of the way I took. I just kind of stepped back for a, a day and just kind of went, hey.
0: Yeah, I think a lot shit, of people are. Shit's are not, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, I what a, I mean? I a lot of
0: people thing. are still stepping back just because of the way that news came out. I mean, uh, you know, you got we're talking about it. Everyone was talking about it. I mean, Dana White putting pictures up with him and Kobe Bryant, and and uh, like you said, it's just because of the 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 you know these a lot of these athletes and and, and the sports that we watch, their escapes. They they, they help us escape from the day to day, you know, grind and stuff like that that pisses us off on the on the regular. So when you when you when when you lost some when you see somebody from from that world you know, gets taken the way they got taken, uh, you know, it's just tragic. But, you know, one thing Kobe Brown was known for, he was a worker, he was a grinder himself, and I'm sure he wouldn't want us to to sit sad for too long. He'd he'd probably want us all to get back to work and get back to living. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and, and I agree with everything you just said. Um, be curious to see if they uh, have something for him even at the Super Bowl. I wonder if there will be a, uh, a. I bet you the NFL even does something that, that tells you where he crossed over to, to everybody um, worldwide. So, yeah. uh, we'll end on that, uh, and we'll have plenty to talk about uh, next week as we as we prepare for the UFC upcoming card. Uh, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram, myself at MMA Hawk Twenty One on twitter and instagram follow ed at carb on twitter and carb beers on instagram i have a bunch of photos from bellator 238 like i said i've been kind of out of commission for the last day and a half but i'm gonna try to get those some of those posted um and at least get a link to a a a website if i can't get um most of them up on those sites so keep an eye out for that if you're uh if you're following me and um talk to you next weekend
0: cool hey guys ed here east coast side of the coast to coast combat hour podcast if you like what we're doing make sure you subscribe on youtube and anywhere you listen to podcasts also if you'd like to help us out and donate uh, the support links are in any of the uh podcast descriptions and in some of the links are also provided on our youtube channel the Blogboard jungle um thanks again for listening and if you give us some support we'll give you a shout out on the podcast maybe uh bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.